Hello, everybody. I'm Sean Woolley, Managing Director of Cloud9 Spain. We're a real estate company based down here on the Costa del Sol. And with me, as always, on La Pierre, the podcast, I have Mark Stucklin from the Spanish Property Insight. And Mark is the go-to guy for anything to do with Spanish property data and analysis. Um, hello, Mark. It's nice to have you. Uh, nice to have you along. It's been a little bit of a, a hot one, as most of Southern Europe has been baking in uh, in the heat wave. Everyone's probably seen it on the news. I guess uh, has that affected you being in the north of Spain, or, or or not so much? So far, it's been a really pleasant summer. Um, I know I've seen the news that they're in other, and you were telling me, before, you know, just now that it's actually quite unpleasantly hot down there. But up here, it's absolutely perfect. There's the odd day if there's no no sea breeze because we are right on the coast and there's a little hill there's a few hills around here and if there's a pleasant breeze which it has been the last two days um it's not at all stifling um no aircon perfectly pleasant so we're we're doing okay you're doing very well because i've got um at night my partner doesn't like the uh, the aircon so i've got two fans not even one i've got <laughs> two fans directed at me because I mean, we, um, it, yeah, it's been a little bit stifling. It, it, temperatures have risen to the highest I've seen here for 20 odd years, you know, mid 40s, which is like, oh, Jesus. Um, yeah. At night, it's been about 30 degrees. So it's been a little bit uncomfortable. We had a little bit of respite a few days ago. Everyone thought, oh, you know, a normal summer. But uh, yeah, it's just just um, heating back up again. Um, I've just been out actually at a couple of meetings and um, it's, it's gray skies and quite humid, which is, is not typical of this this coastline. You know, normally we get, if it's hot, we get quite a dry heat, which I can I can tolerate. It's when it gets humid and you just step outside, you start dripping. It's uh, it's a bit uncomfortable. Mm. But uh, yes, anyway, I can imagine. Moving on from weather, we had the little matter of a general election um, a couple of weeks ago, which we kind of previewed in our last episode, and it hasn't really taken us any further forward, has it? No, though. So we had this general election, and it was completely inconclusive. Um, no clear winner the expectations that the centre-right party, the PP, would might get a, an absolute majority turned out to be somewhat, um, uh, you know, unrealistic. And even with the coalition with the further-right party called Fox, there's no chance of they, no chance of them, between the two of them, forming a coalition government with an absolute majority. So the next government has to, uh, the, 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 whatever government comes out of these general elections will have to make a parliamentary majority for inauguration for getting the you know the government off its uh, uh, off the ground and that's impossible basically with the pp and vox because everyone else they've really isolated the nationalists both center right or center left i mean does regardless of what which way they lean ideologically the, these two parties have completely isolated the catalan and basque um, nationalist parties and it's impossible to form a government now in spain it's now becoming clear that it's impossible to form a government without them so so i guess what we'll have is two possibilities one is uh the current coalition will stitch together another parliamentary majority but it'll be even more unstable than it was last time and or there'll be fresh elections and okay yeah I, I've, I've been reading about it as well i think you're probably more clued up on it than, uh, than I am. But do you think we're heading for another election end of the year? I mean, the irony, the gods, they are mischievous indeed. You know, they've given the key 
to the hot to the Spanish government to this character called um, Carlos Puigdemont, who's a Catalan nationalist. He's a he's quite fanatical, and he's hiding. He's a, a fugitive of Spanish justice in Waterloo for his part in staging or his you know, a key role in this uh, illegal referendum and unilateral declaration of independence. This is back in 2017, I think. Yeah, you you probably hang out with more Spanish people than I do. Generally speaking, are the Spanish just fed up with this now, or do they want some resolution, whatever it is, or do you still have these two factions just going at it? It's definitely more realistic, and it's cooled down, and it's because it was very em emotional, yeah. and um, and the scenes that we saw back then were quite, you know, just uh, well, just unsettling, yeah. and they certainly unsettled. I mean, because I've been doing. Um, some research recently looking at the comparative fortunes and housing market between Barcelona and Madrid, and um, the, the 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 Barcelona's recovery after the initial uh, after the financial crisis and the big crash of 2010 onwards, and Barcelona really came out of it much quicker than Madrid, mm. and prices. That's how you saw transactions and prices rising much faster in Barcelona than Madrid, and then. Well, Madrid starts catching up, but then hits this Catalan independence move, um, crisis and conflict, and Barcelona, it's been in particular, but the whole of Catalonia just goes, you know, starts trending down. Really, you know, not doesn't there's no collapse, but there's a big decline in in sales and prices follow down. And really, in Barcelona, since peaking in 2000, I think second quarter of 2017, or was it 2016? My my memories. Right. Um, it was uh, since that referendum and all the conflict, everything's just been it. It went down and things, and it sort of very it was depressed. It was a sort of depressed or lackluster market with either falling or prices uh, or stagnant or falling transactions and prices, whilst everywhere else was doing fine mm. until early 2019. And then and then along came COVID and pushed everyone down. And since in the in the wake of the pandemic, things have been recovering and people have kind of forgotten about the whole independence. But it really did have an impact. It was a negative impact on the economy, on, you know, just rubbing along, everyone getting along. So now it's going to be, there's no possibility of a centre-right. There'll only be a, the only possibility that I can see. I mean, it just looks absolutely blindingly obvious that the only possibility is a, is a centre, is a, is a, coalition led by the socialists in coalition with the very hard left and some really unsavory groups on are uh, in different in like in the regions like um the bildu party eh bildu which are kind of post et eta um kind mm. of hard left nationalist group that kind of thing you know doesn't doesn't look good <laughs> no it doesn't what i mean so this this kind of hiatus that we've got at the moment where obviously no one party can take overall control what does that mean for property buyers and sellers here anything or nothing you know nothing's good i mean what'll happen is whether there's fresh elections which won't really change anything, I doubt. Um, although the politicians and parties will be very thinking that if we go to another round of uh, another election, how will how will we benefit or or lose out in that process? So that's all they'll be thinking about at this stage. I guess that one way or another, it's going to lead. We're going to have the same government in power, mm. and that's a led by the socialists, and, and they are the kind of adults in the room. Although they've passed some very damaging laws especially on the housing front with the lay the housing law which i think we might mentioned it last time in barcelona for example there's no more rental the, the rental market is completely dis the long-term rental market is completely you know seized up 
and that's terrible that's just a disaster yeah. but for most people in most areas it does it actually has zero impact um apart from the sort of you know spain needs to be well governed to be a prosperous country because that benefits everyone who if you invest in the country you want to invest in a prospering uh country with a good future we're, we're part of the european union there's limits on how crazy governments can be within the european union and i think it really makes absolutely very little uh, for the housing market of the kind of people that might be listening to us the, that kind of buyers and sellers in the segments that might be listening to us i think it makes kind of almost no difference at all it's, it's interesting isn't it because in each of the sort of major countries like you know the uk the us france um, even germany spain italy there's been transitions either in the recent past or on the horizon uh, politically but like, like you said nothing really changes you know people will still make a decision whether they want to be there or not or buy property there or not no matter whether the government is on the right or the cent or the, the left of, of the center or even far right or far left life goes on doesn't it and it goes yeah and, and we just get on with it you know, it turns out as you get older, you realise that your life isn't actually that long and you've got to make decisions before too long. And so people just have to, well, I can't wait around for this. I think it does make a difference at the margin, like things like political instability. People say, well, I'll just wait and see it. I'll wait and see six months yeah, or, yeah. or I'll, I'll wait um, uh, two or three months. I'll just see how this settles down. And that can slow down things that can definitely take the wind out of the market sale. And when things are looking hunky dory and everyone's piling in and, but you know, sometimes it's not a bad thing to have people being cautious and, and taking things slowly and doing their research. It's even so in your area. And I know in the areas like the, the Balearics, Barcelona, the Costa Brava, there's a, there's basically a shortage of, pro there's more demand than supply. Yeah, absolutely. Which, which brings us on to our next topic, which is the summer and August in particular, because um, having worked in real estate for 21 years, 22 years, uh, there's a... Common... No, it shows on your face, the lines in your edge. Oh, your face. Mark, you're so unkind. I don't need this recently, <laughs> Mum. But there's, there's always talk of, you know, oh, why don't you take August off because nothing ever happens. And I, I know you wanted to bring it up, didn't you, about this? this <clears> yeah, I'm very curious. I think it's a it's certainly a southern european tradition that august you kind of close your office you you lock up and you you leave the city where you're working mm -hmm. whether it's madrid or barcelona or seville or somewhere like that and you head you head for the beach and you have yeah. on the beach with your family and your loved ones and then you go back at the end of august and you you open up again and i think that's still true to this day because i've just tried to make a notary appointment for next week in marbella no chance <laughs> It's just not happening, you know, and I know that there's like yeah. one uncle notary who's handling the work of three or four. So things do grind to a halt in terms of the judiciary, in terms of bureaucracy. It's hard to get anything done in August. But of course, the, the, the sort of dichotomy of that is that there's thousands, hundreds of thousands of people here who wouldn't who wouldn't necessarily yeah. be here any other time of the year. We've got flights coming in. If you look at flight tracker and flight radar, I'm sure it's the same going into like Barcelona and Palma de Mallorca. The, the queues of planes are about to land at Malaga. Yeah. So there's hundreds of thousands of people here, most of them enjoying a holiday, but there's also a lot of people who are combining that with looking at properties, but they can't, they can't get a huge amount done because you know lawyers are on holiday, notaries are on holiday, public buildings are shut. So, mm -hmm. you know, a bit like you, we still have to keep going. We still have to to uh, show people around. And, you know, August 
it, it's a weird one. You know, people say, oh, you know, the quality of clients in August isn't very good. You know, they're only that's there. what I've heard. Yeah. Yeah, you know, they just want a day off the beach because they're too hot and bothered and they've got sunburns. And I think we have to give them a little bit more credit. I'm sure that, <laughs> that does happen. I'm sure, you know, you know, if people are distracted and but maybe it's a cloudy day and they want to go and have a look at some properties, I'm sure that happens. It happens all over the world. But here, I think, you know, people kind of know what they want. It's a much more researched market. So the people who are asking for appointments and, and viewings, they, you know, I think we have to give them the benefit of the doubt that they are they are serious. What I would say is that in August, July and August, we get a huge amount of people uh, inquiring, mainly because they're here and they see things and they want to inquire about them, but also people who want to look at properties. So we have to service that. And some of those people can be what we used to call time wasters. But amongst all of those people, there are some real golden nuggets. And you have to remember a lot of the, the Middle Eastern clients come in August to escape the heat mm. of, of their, their home countries. Mm. And they're you know, traditionally a very strong buyer group here. You've also got a lot of people from far afield. So for instance, the States and Canada, whose only real time to come here is the summer holidays when you know mm. it's, it's a long way and people need to plan and people need to spend a bit more time here than just the odd weekend. So you get clients from further afield who tend to be good quality clients because they're, they're putting mm. some some time aside to, to look at property. So yeah, you have to be you have to be quite experienced from a purely sort of agent making money perspective, you have to sift through the debris and and the and all the sort of the wheat and the chaff and you know, and you have to kind of get to those those really good clients because you can waste an awful lot of time backing the wrong horse. I have your wits about so I guess it's like a in, in August it's the the, cha- the qualifying challenge is most um uh, acute because because there's so many people there who are just on holiday and it's like oh you know they get a chance to be like on a place in the sun they go and see look around properties whilst on holiday um but they might not be very serious they might be kind of you know it's a fantasy more than a reality and so exactly. whereas i guess in february the people that are there to see houses are really there to see houses absolutely and the other yeah the other complication is there's there's not a lot of stock available certainly resale stock to to show people in july and august because a lot of it is rented out or being used by the owners themselves so people come here and they expect to see lots and lots of 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 resale properties and and often we're we're struggling to get into them and we have to say sorry that's Mm -hmm. out. sorry that's rented out sorry the owners are here blah 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 personally if it was me coming to look at properties i wouldn't come in july and august because I, I think it's too hot. Uh, we have a lot of clients come mm. to they want to spend like three days with us. And we're like, no, it's not going to happen. Because it's just too, at the moment particularly, it's just too hot and sweaty. And it's, it's, it's bad enough for them. It's bad for our, mm. our staff because, you know, they're having to go around looking fairly smart, bless them. And, and you know, okay, they're driving in air-conditioned comfort. But, you know, it's, it's, it's hard. It's really hard work. So we tend to limit our tours to half a day each. But yeah, so we, we do get clients sort of demanding to see things and, and we have to temper their their ambition. And we also have to be honest about access to stock and say, look, you know, why don't we have a look at a few things, but come back in September when there's more things to see and we can we can take a closer look. How do August compare to other months in terms of sales contracts? It's a complete mixture, honestly, you know, and that's why it's so difficult to plan the business because one one year you might have a crazy August. I mean, we we've did our our biggest ever deal in, in August. Uh, and that was a guy who mm-hmm. inquired on a Friday night for um, a development starting at a million euros. And mm-hmm. my lead handler worked with him. Uh, it was a guy from Saudi, 
worked with him over the weekend preparing things to send to him and anyway it turned out he he had a budget of, of much much more than that and he ended up actually he was he was here he was staying in my bear club and he went out on the monday and saw two villas that he'd been sent by by my colleague over the weekend and he ended up buying one and um so that's what's that's what can happen you just never know and i always say to to my staff you know when we get a when we get an inquiry through I still get excited, you know, a new inquiry, and it could be a complete waste of our time, or it could be, you know, an amazing client that we forge a long-term relationship with that buys a multi-million euro property. You just never know, and you have to give every inquiry the same care and consideration and time, and then just work it out as you as you go along. But um, mm. July and August, if I if I had a choice, I'll be honest with you, if I had a choice, I would close the office up. I would go to the UK for six weeks because I don't really enjoy the summer here. I find it a bit too hot, too many people. So when September comes, I'm like, oh, I feel like I've, I've, I know it's really stupid and selfish, but I feel like I've got my, my coastline back. <laughs> but we have, to, we have to keep on working. Now, having said all that, of course, we still get, as I said, the notaries are off, lawyers are off, but we, and we still get agents who say, ah, we're not working in August. So you try and book mm-hmm. a property viewing with them and they're like, no, we're on holiday, we're on the beach. Mm-hmm. And they don't have anyone to cover, so that's it. That, that's a lost, a lost opportunity if there ever ever was one. And then you think, who's got it right? Who's got it wrong? You know, we're here. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And this is what the the Spanish tend to do, isn't it? You know, the Spanish, the you know, the summer and the beach is sacrosanct, and and mm-hmm. busy lives and jobs in the cities. Then they they don't even think twice about, as I said at the start, they don't think twice about just shutting up shop, heading for the beach, mm-hmm. and you know. Mm-hmm. It, it can wait, but I guess the problem mm-hmm. we have is we're dealing with a multinational audience, um, and we have to service those clients. If we don't, somebody else will. And, yeah. Um, you know, everybody's everybody's trying to to earn a living, make money. Um, so someone has to do it, and uh, that's yeah. That's that makes sense that, as you said, there are some people for whom some types of clients, especially if you're in the international sector, that come over only in August, and therefore it's critical for them and for those types of market segments for you to be operating in august for like you know there's long haul americans canadians really the summer and july august is the only time they can come and and um people from the middle east get escaping the heat and being over like a good time for them but i'm guessing you know that but then there's this also like there's more people from closer to home who might be just time wasters or just curious or tire kickers not really uh, serious and therefore August can be like it's more of a challenging month by the sounds of things than than other months of the year d- d- definitely because you have that bigger volume um, which is stressful in itself and particularly in the heat so you have to you know experienced real estate agents will quickly understand who the genuine buyers are and who the the ones are that can wait you know I often say to to people look just give people time sit down have a coffee with them work out where they're heading. I mean, we've got a situation tomorrow where we've, we've got a client um, seeing one of my colleagues. It's a referral client, but the budget is very, very low. And we could be wasting three or four days on someone who can just about afford that budget. And, and in the meantime, my colleague isn't going to get access to any other clients because they're going to be out with that one. And mm-hmm. they may, may miss out on a, a 10 million euro Lazagaleta client. And I've, I've said that to her. I said, mm-hmm. you're spending three days with with that one, you ain't going to be getting access to any others. So, you know, we have to weigh up how we spend our time and how efficient, mm. how, how productive we are, which is all important. You know, we can we can run around the coast up and down all day, every day with the wrong people. Um, but you have to ask a mm. client, you know, are you in a position to buy? 
And if they're not, it has to be, okay, well, what, what do you want to achieve this trip? And if they say, well, we'd like to see 50 properties so we can do our research, you have to take a view and say, well, actually, we haven't got the time or the resources to be sharing you 50 properties with no end result. You know, having said all that, we've got a great client out uh, with us, to, well, out with me, I'm working, my goodness, out tomorrow who, who looked mm -hmm. at it yesterday and they want to see it tomorrow night because they want to see the, the sun go down and the, you know, the lights and the twinkling and stuff. So that's me tied up on a Friday night, but really good client, really nice people. Uh, the vendors are really, are really um, good, good clients. So, you know, obviously we'll do that. And this is where people think, you know, it's a nine to five. This job is nowhere near nine to five. Um, yeah. Know, we have some of our most important viewings at weekends in the evenings, you know, sometimes we'll have like pizza, not parties, but pizza parties and lay on some wine just so people can have a nice experience when they're coming to view a villa in the evening. And also, you know, a lot of a lot of high net worth people, they don't have time in the week to talk to you, you know, they're too busy earning the millions. So yeah. the time to grab them is maybe on a Saturday morning or a Friday night or a Sunday night or something like that. So uh, our consultants are not nine to five, Monday to Friday. That just doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. Talking of which, you know, we're getting better at keeping to our half an hour. I've got to go off and uh, fix uh, fix my wife a drink and, and myself. So I think, you know, let's leave it at that. In our next session, let's talk about uh, branded residences and this yeah. whole new phenomenon of how that and how that's working out because it's really happening mo more than anywhere in Spain down in, in on your patch. Absolutely. Everything is branded. I think I'll get myself branded at some stage as well, because honestly, you can't move without seeing seeing a logo of a famous designer at the moment. But we'll we'll talk about that yeah. and whether, whether that adds the value that people say it does. It's OK, Sean, as always, a massive pleasure to talk to you. And you, you go and fix that gin and tonic. OK, well, I'm, a little bit, I'm a little bit worried. It's a little bit early in the day, but I'll let you off as it's August. It's, it's past the one o'clock watershed, I'd like to so say. It's 19 minutes past the one o'clock watershed. So I think that's it's, extremely... And it's, it's, it's 6 p.m. somewhere in the world, so don't worry. <laughs> okay. Take it easy. Have a nice Enjoy. day. Cheers for Bye. now. Bye-bye.